What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, October 12, 2022. We are... Two weeks into spooky season, this is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. I'm going to go around the room and introduce our cast of characters here tonight. A man destined to go through a barbershop window, Bucky's tag team partner, Jason. Uh, how you doing over there, man? Doing well. How are you guys? All right. You, you, feeling, you feeling numb yet? You feeling comfortable? No, I'm floating away. We're having a good time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jason, Jason indulging a little bit before we went live tonight. I like to see that. Hey, you know, I got tomorrow off. Hey, boy, I'm jealous, man. I got two more days to grind through the weekend. And I have to, and I may have, no, I don't have to work this Saturday. It's next Saturday. I got to work. So, and from the Rob the Genius podcast, the minister of truth, the deacon of data, the father of facts and figures. Mr. Rob, how are you, sir? All right. Well, Jason is about to fly away, and I just woke up. So <laughs> Jason just woke up, and, and Rob with the fresh haircut, Bubba, looks good. Thank you. Did it myself. That stuff all cleaned up. Yes, I usually. Yeah, well, if I get the beard done, I have them do it. But if I'm not doing the beard and I'm just doing the hair, I do my own. Shave it right down. That looks good, man. Thank you. All right. So we are going to get in and talk some wrestling tonight. WWE fans were absolutely fed this past weekend from SmackDown on Friday night. All the way through to NXT last night. Just top-level stuff. WWE fans happy, happy, happy as clams. A lot of returns, a lot of surprises. A lot of big stuff happened over the weekend. We're going to pick all that apart in a little bit. But first, we're going to address briefly. What's up? Up, Just from the top, if you took in this last week of WWE programming, and you did not enjoy at least a third of it, you need to find something else because I do not think WWE offers the product for you. Yes. Absolutely not. They had something <clears throat> for everyone, man. Yep. So we are going to jump right in here and talk a little bit of IWC stuff because today was a day where the internet <laughs> wrestling community <laughs> does what the internet wrestling community does when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about and they've never actually done it. So on NXT, it was last night, right? Indy Hartwell had a match. Yes. And uh, Indy Hartwell won the match with the top rope super. Like, now, to be fair, she was standing on the second rope. But Indy Hartwell's tall. Like, this is a tall girl. Yeah. She hits the superplex, goes over. She doesn't float over. She kind of, you know, they sell it. She goes over. She gets the pin. Some knucklehead on Twitter posted it as a joke. Wow. She won with a superplex. And before I get into it from a working standpoint, I'm going to let you guys chime in here. You guys can figure out who goes first and uh, kind of put your two cents in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, Rob, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I didn't mean cut you off, man. No, go ahead. Well, I always cut people off. I'm sorry. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, I, I quoted it and said, look, it's better to, to win with this than, uh, you know, Zane G spinning pile driver from Street Fighter 2. Or I'm sorry, they'll do that and, and they kick out. And too. kick out from it, yeah. Yeah. Right. And look, and, you know, Cowboy Bob Orton used to use the superplex to win matches. Barry Windham used a superplex. There are the people who did it. And just think about, look at the visual 
and think about this. Somebody in, because I'm Mr. Math guy, Mr. Physics and angles and all this stuff. Okay, they're picking you up in the air. They're lifting you up in the air. They're swinging you through the air and bringing you down from six, seven, eight feet up in the air and slamming you against the hard canvas. Okay. Um, That's not nice. (laughs) No. You're, no. Also, Rob, your eight to nine figure might be conservative based on the heights of the people involved. Right, because Indy is like, she, yeah, Indy, well, we could be part. talking 10, 12, like, yeah, some, yeah, exactly. Maybe not Indy at this extreme end, but seriously. And falling, just falling out of the sky onto your flat back onto hardwood and canvas. Yes, so there's Ow. nothing good about that. No. And so I will, I will defend the stance, the superplex. Oh, a superplex ended this match? That's weird. I'll defend that because while, yes, Cowboy Bob and other people have used it as a finisher, in, moder- in the modern era, we have Seth doing a superplex followed by a Falcon Arrow. Almost and I don't think he's ever put anyone away with it. I can't remember the last time Randy put it put someone away with it when it was a move in his repertoire, obviously, a tribute <laughs> to his dad. So, yes, you're trained that all of a sudden it's like, whoa, somebody just won the DDT? Like when Alexa started using that spike DDT for a while. It, that was kind of the same reaction. But, yeah, the people are going all the way back the other way of just, like, no, she can't possibly win with a superplex. This doesn't make any sense. It's like, well, now you're just picking nits to pick and pick nits. Right. So, defend that small aspect of that it's been couched as not a fi- not a finisher. I realize anything can be a finisher based on how you sell it and how you do it. But it, you know, the modern day fans it does still kind of treat this a little bit like a video game. And yeah, there's something to be said for that. Right. Uh, I'm going to go back to something Paul Heyman said on uh, the Stone Cold podcast years ago. Stone Cold asked him that one thing. He was like, how come nobody pins anybody with a DDT anymore? He's like, I see everybody doing DDTs and nobody ever gets pinned from it. Once in a blue moon, you'll see it. And Heyman kind of laid it out like this one. And you got to look at it in kayfabe. Who's doing the move? He's like, if and I can't remember who he took as an example, but the one person he took as an example, if Mark Henry puts you in a side headlock, just a simple side headlock. You're going to sell it differently than, say, Drew Gulak putting you in a side headlock. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's it's really about it's really about putting over the person doing the move in the moment, and it's the same thing with the superplex. Now I'll admit to being a little irritated when a superplex actually doesn't end up finishing somebody, but to most people's credit, they'll do the superplex and then both men or women will sell the bump. So at that point, if both men or women are selling the bump, because, again, we're talking about both of you going off the top rope, um, one, the person taking the move is obviously going to take the worst end of it, but the person giving the move is still taking, you know, what ends up being like a a six- to eight-foot back bump. You know, when you figure, take somebody like Randy Orton, who's 6'5", you know, and he's, you know, four and a half feet up off the ring already, you know, this is a high bump. So Randy Orton, unless he floats over into an immediate pin, is obviously not going to pin somebody. I had absolutely no problem with the way Indy won that match last night. 
I can, and <clears throat> I'm going to go in from the worker's perspective here. For starters, and a lot of workers said this, the shit hurts, okay? I took superplexes. I never took one in an actual match, but plenty of times in school because Cliff wanted to make sure if we ever got in a situation where, hey, somebody calls a superplex, you need to damn well know how to take it. Um, so we had a day where we took power power bombs. We had a day where we took superplexes. We had, you know, it was different days where we took different things. The shit hurts, okay? Just a flat back bump hurts. That was the first thing that I thought. The first day I went to school and we, he showed us how to do a back bump and I took it. I'm like, wait a minute. That shit didn't feel good. Okay, <laughs> it, it was absolutely not like landing on a trampoline. Some motherfucker lied to me. Okay? <laughs> now, <laughs> granted, some rings are a bit more stiff, but if you go back and look at um, early to mid, mid-late WWE in the 80s, early 90s with that stiff-ass ring that Vince had, Go back and look at um, Owen Hart and Owen and Bret Hart in the cage, and Bret suplexed Owen off the top of the cage. They might as well have been suplexing each other off onto the ground. Um, same thing when Hogan suplexed the Boss Man. There was like they were bigger guys, so the ring had a little more give for the bigger guys. I'm 150 pounds. Well, at the time I was 150 pounds. That ring didn't give. So for these girls who don't weigh much more than that, or actually weigh less than that. That ring's not going to give for them like it will for, you know, one of the bigger guys. So th- th- when they're, when those girls are hitting, it is absolutely a finisher. And you, you can clearly tell the people who have never gotten out of their mom's basement and who couldn't do this shit at any, in any capacity. I mean, yeah. yeah I never I mean, went past. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Okay. Because <laughs> Jason cut you, you off know, for a change. Yeah. It is a superplex. So yeah. Rob, you got any more thoughts here? Um, just I mean, because well, look, I, I was never, I never did anything close to professional wrestling. I mean, I was a very bad high school wrestler, and even some of those, I mean, somebody does like a waist lock takedown, lifts you up in the air, swings you around, and slams you down on the mat. That's enough to get you thinking about some things, okay? Yeah. Okay, I mean... I mean let, <laughs> let me tell you, the, the superplex is horrifying to take. You know, you're on the top rope, and I already I don't do well with being upside down as it is, but for as horrifying as that was, surprisingly enough, the two moves that got me the most, again, because you're upside down, and I don't, I don't do well, I get disoriented easy, was the like that Davy Boy delayed suplex, Oh, yeah. I had a guy oh, put me there. in that one time, and he held me up there for like a few Ooh. seconds. That was Ooh. a little unnerving. I'm like, all right, you can uh, you, you can go ahead and lay this one out now. Um, <laughs> and then, believe it or not, a simple back body drop. And the back body drop for me was really awkward because, again, the first thing you're doing, you're going into a forward forward roll, which I don't flip real well at all. But once you push off of them and they push you off, you're in midair, Bubba. So it, there's just like this moment where you're like god what's happening what's happening and then <laughs> in every single time cliff made me do that fucker like 30 times one day because every single one i took looked like shit i either landed on my side i landed on my ass at one point i landed flat on my feet looked cool as shit but i didn't take the bump uh because i over rotated because i was afraid of landing on my head because again i don't like being upside down 
So after like the 30th time, Trip was like, all right, this is obviously not a move you're going to take really well. Um, <clears throat> so luckily, I never got in a situation where anybody called it in the ring because it would look like shit. And, and I hated taking it mainly not because I was afraid to take it, but I didn't want it to look like crap. And I knew that just because I got disoriented every single time I took it, it was going to look like crap. So, so yeah, don't be fooled. If you've never been in the business and you never plan on being in the business, it hurts. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's legitimately some stuff that those folks do that hurts. And the superplex is pretty high on that fucking list, man. If somebody hits me with one and they immediately pin me, they're going to win the match. In the comments of one of the discussions spinning off of this, Big Swole chimed in that, like, oh, God forbid you breathe wrong when you're doing it. Yeah. And I, I've never even taken it. I'm just imagining, like, exhaling at the wrong time because I'm, yeah. as I, like I was telling you guys, have you ever had the, the wind knocked out of you when you got no wind? Because that is the most, one of the most painful and, like, makes you consider all of your life choices. Yep. I like flashed before my eyes falling out of a tree one time. Oof. I fell uh, about, God, I had to be about six or eight feet up from a tree, landed. Again, it was a nice back bump. It was a perfect back bump out of this tree, but it did. It knocked the wind right out of me, man. And again, you, you see your life flash before your eyes in that moment because you, you can't do anything. Oof. So, so we're going to move on from that. I'm not going to breathe any more life into that ignorance. We are going to get in here and talk uh, WWE stuff. Because like I said, from Friday Night SmackDown, straight through the weekend, Extreme Rules, into Monday Night Raw, into NXT. You know, big yeah. things going on in NXT, man. WWE fans, like I said at the top of the show, absolutely fed this weekend. We got Sheamus and Gunther part due on Friday night, and they beat the absolute dog snot out of each other. Then did it again 24 hours later yes. at Extreme Rules, at which for me ended up being, like I said, I enjoyed Extreme Rules as a whole. That Donnybrook match ended up being the match of the night for me. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Yeah. So we don't have to go over the whole Extreme Rules card. I think we can just kind of hit the highs and lows. Obviously, the, the, the Donnybrook match was just incredible. And it, it's this is the way, and if this is the, if, if Saturday night was the end of this story with the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, that's the way you end, a, that's the satisfying way to end a, a feud. And that is one of the things about the Triple H era that I'm hoping we see. A lot of times with Vince, I would get very frustrated with <clears throat> waiting for someone, waiting for the babyface to get their comeuppance. You know, you're in these months-long feuds, and the heels winning, the heels winning, the heels winning. You're thinking, okay, the baby face has got to win at some point. And then it just never happens. And then we just move on to the next thing. And for me, even though, you know, Sheamus didn't win the Intercontinental Championship, so and he never pinned Gunther, I think for if this is the end of that feud, it could not have ended more satisfyingly than it did Saturday night. Jason, your thoughts? Uh, I think... If they want to, they can parlay this into one last rematch and, you know, Sheamus can win and Gunther can move on to uh, bigger bigger dogs in the yard. But, wow, match delivered on every single thing you could ever want. And what better way to start, you know, the Extreme Rules pay-per-view than with just utter and complete violence. So, yeah, A-plus from me, man. Yeah. Rob? 
Rob, you're muted. Yeah, you're muted, man. See, I did that, I did that so I wouldn't jump the gun on you again, and then of course I had to un- unmute myself. <laughs> but um, now that, that, like I said, the, the match Friday there was that weird thing with the kind of no, he didn't tap out. Um, that was kind of weird. But that's the only, I mean, that's really the only issue with that match at all. I mean. Because it, it it was great, and then looking and the ending did give an opening to go back to another match because Gunther cheated. But the match Saturday was, yeah, I mean, it was, was the best match of the card um, because it went start to finish with no hitches. I mean, some of the other matches, even if I liked them, you know, had a little few spots here and there, a little you know, but that match went off, you know, pretty much almost flawlessly. And it was, I mean, it was an excellent way to open up the show. It was a perfect match to use to open up the show. And it was, like you said, a good a good place to give the baby faces a win of some kind. So if it is over, you know, they got something. And if not, then, you know, it's impetus to, you know, continue things. And so it was, it was just fun and, and these guys are the like they're perfect opponents for each other. And because honestly, okay, I'm gonna dig into the numbers here a little bit. Not I'm not gonna rattle them all off or anything, but just in general. Well, I mean, Gunther has been doing a great job since he's been there, and you know, and bringing the Imperium boys. They've been doing a good job as far as executing stuff. But it wasn't really, it wasn't really catching on, you know, like it is now. And honestly, Sheamus has been kind of spinning his wheels all year on that front. So these, like, these two groups are made for each other. Um, I think Ridge has really been helped out because he had just had nothing happening, and now being part mm-hmm. of this is helping, you know, helps him out a lot. Well, a note on that that I was going to make. Um, I, I'll say it. I've looked at him kind of sideways ever since Big E. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. His, his his pairing with Sheamus has been one of the best things for him in that regard because that guy's looked great. Yeah. And um, actually, on another podcast I was listening to, the Black Announce Table, they made, um, you know, they've said this is like, Basically, like um, New Day and the Usos, you know, the, as far as how perfectly these guys match up. And I think I'd that's, say that tracks. That's on point, right there. Yeah. And so they look. They could just keep doing this off and on for the next four or five years. I mean, and I I don't think any of us would complain. <laughs> okay. Um, no. Because no, sir. Because like Gunther needed, I think, like we've seen him like beat the crap out of people. And so he needed somebody to square up with him and fight him, you know, somebody believable to square up with him and right. fight him to fight him to a, you know, to a draw, basically. Yeah, you know, well, because, you know, I mean, that's not going to work if Ricochet does that. OK, we're all going to be sitting here like, really? Well, and that was the point that I made last week when we were talking about wins and losses. You've got Gunther who, you know, you're, you're trying to put over as this and. In- 
incredible powerhouse and this this unstoppable force. But at the same time, how long do you drag that out before people get bored of it? And, you know, when you got them going against guys like Drew Gulak or, you know, Ricochet or something like that, fine, fine wrestlers, you know, not not a knock on them as talent. But when you're looking at it from a casual standpoint, you've got to put somebody in there with him that people might think, hey, wait a minute, this guy might beat him. And Sheamus is that guy because Sheamus can beat anyone on any given day. And, yeah. and you know, people will go, OK, yeah, I can believe that. So, you know, I, we reached that point with Gunther, and I really, if he wasn't catching on, I have a feeling that may have been wise. That they're like, okay, he's going to squash another one, and that's just not interesting. You know, the, the squash matches work once in a while, but eventually you got to get him in there with somebody that can go toe-to-toe with him, and that guy was Sheamus. Yeah, and honestly, because um, that's kind of happened with almost, because like in the beginning of the year, he was doing those squash matches, and they were getting like, three, four, five million views, some of them, and him and him and Veer. But now that stuff barely gets anything now because people have yeah. seen it. And so at some point, you know, you do have to like you do have to have somebody on the other side who gets people to get into what you're doing. And Seamus is the perfect guy for that. And then also, I mean, because and look, I mean for most of the audience, Gunther's new. So you have to get over that hump also. And so this new guy who's just squashing people who we don't have a relationship with. Um, and also, he, and he's not new, like, go, like he wasn't this big, super intense energy guy like Goldberg, right? You, you could get into Goldberg doing that, even if you don't know who he is back in 1998. Like Gunther doesn't have that type of, he's, you know, that kind of, Gunther, of course, is stoic and, you know, and all of that. So you got to have the right catalyst to get people to get, you know, pe- people other than us. To actually really get into what the guy's doing. And so Seamus was the perfect guy for that. And they've been perfect for each other. And, you know, I mean, I'm just going through this in my head. The only thing to be missing for me is if if they had kept the fourth guy from Imperium and, you know, and they'd kept Cesaro around to join the club. <laughs> That's the only thing missing from this. Okay. I have long worried about from the the casual fan perspective how well gunther formerly known as walter was gonna do now as a as a wrestling nerd i loved walter i love gunther i think the guy's a hell of a talent in the ring he's stiff he's snug his shit looks good he's believable and the, the the work rate nerd in me absolutely loves him but the other part of me that knows how this business works was really seriously looking at Walter going, all right, bye-bye, I need to see more. And because, again, he's very stoic. He's very, I, I, I don't want to say dry or bland, because he's not, because there's a, there's a charisma there, but it's not like a Goldberg. Goldberg had explosive charisma, and, and, and as we've talked about Goldberg on the 25th anniversary of his, uh, you know, of his debut, Goldberg just had a, a presence, and I never felt that presence with Walter slash Gunther. Um, I'm feeling it more now. I think he's made that transition from really good wrestler guy that we always talk about into a more well-rounded sports entertainer. But I, I did. I had my, my doubts in this. So it's not surprising to me that he was having a hard time getting some traction, you know, in the, in the casual audience view, just based on that. Once he started playing the ring general character and like beating the crap out of the other two and 
you know, yelling and, you know, showing emotion, we were off to the races. This is one of those instances where, and, and again, people like to dump on Vince, where Vince got it right. Because I give much more of a crap now about Gunther than I ever did about Walter. And I'm saying this is a guy who loved Walter, okay? But now he's compelling to me. Like, I could watch him as a worker and say, that guy's really freaking good. And enjoy watching him and Dragunov beat the snot out of each other. Him and Ciampa beat the snot out of each other. And him and insert whoever. But I needed character. And now, under you know that, that sports entertainment tutelage, we've got a character. And we've got a character, to me, is very layered and very compelling. Yeah, and for me, like I said, they should, I would keep this thing going. Because, I mean, where would you go from right now anyway if you moved on? I mean, this, I mean... So I would, to me, they got plenty more to flesh out here. Yeah. And look, it's October, right? I mean, this is where you kind of run out the calendar anyway. Right. There's no point. There's no, I mean, you don't get anything out of ending this right now. I mean, you can yeah. carry this out again, literally till the end of the year. And, you know, and look, I'm, we're, we're all hoping that if they do carry it out, that at some point we can get the, the grand slam victory for Sheamus, even though we know he wouldn't keep it very long. Um, and that's fine with me. I'd be, you know, if, look, if he wins it at the crown jewel and then they have a match at survivor series and he loses it right back, that's fine. Or, you know, um, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Um, because. Well, cause, cause if you, if you send, if you send Gunther after Roman, we know that we know how that ends. Right. If you send him now. Yeah. Yeah, we exactly. So there's, to me, there's no point in doing that right now. Right. Um, and I mean, not that Roman wouldn't beat him, you know, a year from now either. But right now, you know, we know that there's no chance today. Or well, not only that, Gunther is a heel. Eventually, we know the turn with Roman is coming. Like this thing has become so hot that it can't stay heel forever. That the dynamic is a heel Gunther versus a babyface Roman Reigns. That's right. the match. There's, there's, a, it's not a heel versus heel. It's not a babyface Gunther versus a heel Roman. The, the, the match is a heel Gunther versus Roman. Yeah, a babyface Roman. Ever gonna turn? I don't think they're ever gonna turn Roman. Um, they're gonna I mean, have to not, at some not, point. Not man. until he loses. Not until he loses the belt. They, they'll just ride it out, man. Yeah, cheer for the cheer for this dickhead mafia boss if you want to. All right, we don't care. You keep buying the t-shirts and whatever. You booed him when we didn't want you to. Now you're cheering him. So we're, you know what? We're not going to mess with the, the 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 equation. Side quest, man. My right now, my worker of the weekend is Jey Uso. That shit oh, he was doing with Sami Zayn on Monday night. Oh yeah, was, that was freaking great. awesome, man. He's like, yo, man, he's low key calling you out. How are you going to deal with that? It's <laughs> just. <laughs> Lighten Sammy up. I'm watching. I'm sitting out here laughing my ass off at Jay Uso out here lighting Sammy up and daring him to fight Riddle. <laughs> great mean, stuff. Uh, yeah, um, Sammy has been such a great, uh, you know, addition to this whole story. And honestly, I mean, he he breathes some new life into it. Because look, I mean, we all love Roman. We'll, we'll look. We'll watch Roman do the tribal chief thing for the next ten years. You know, but right. But it, you know, it did need a. At this point, it needs a little he, freshen up. Yeah, because because right now, look, we know he's not losing until WrestleMania at the absolute earliest. So knowing that, 
you did need something to add to the story or to keep things interesting between now and because look, I don't think he's going to lose to WrestleMania this year either, to be honest. No. But, um, but that's the next time he's actually in some type of jeopardy. So it's October now. We're looking at what five or six months. So you got to have some stuff going on to keep things interesting until then. And yep. Sammy has just been <laughs> a perfect addition to the story. Now. All right, well, let's reel the shit back in here and get back into extreme rules. Like I said, I just want to knock out a couple of high spots. One, I'm going to be flat out honest here. I enjoyed Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. I know there were some people out there that just had some issues with certain <laughs> spots that they did, had had some issues with certain things in that match. I thought it was fun. I don't give a damn what anybody thinks. It was fun, <laughs> and if it, w- if it was going to go that way, it ba- went about as well for Liv as she could have hoped. Um, and I do have to give them ultimate props because both of them, when they were going to do the, they set the chair up in the corner and they were going to slingshot one of the other ones into the chair and the chair went into business for itself and jumped out of the way. They rebounded from that spot beautifully because Rhonda was like, all right, just sling me. Yeah. And they just, yeah, they did. did they, they adjusted on the fly. It was great. And that, that was <laughs> so cool. But so all the props to them in the world and, yeah, I know it sucks. We all want Liv the Miracle Kid to keep on trucking. I know no, uh, Rob, Rob's shaking Rob's, his head. Uh oh. <laughs> Rob's yes, I know Rob the monster. I understand. But Rob, Rob's so speaking of heel turns, <laughs> but I will say that you know her getting choked out and like smiling and not actually tapping and whatnot. Uh, he didn't like me. He didn't like the finish. <laughs> well, I think Rob's got words. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm trying here to pull comes the, over. Here comes the fun police. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sir. All right, Mr. Robert. Robert, what do you got to say? That was shit. <laughs> no, the, the match was shit. Okay. <laughs> Come on. No. It, okay, look, there, there was one moment when Rhonda hit her with a bat and then she looked off like she hit a home run. That was fun. Okay. <laughs> that was good. Okay, Rhonda is really good at like showman or showwoman moments like that the rest of that match was shit okay i'm sorry oh okay. come on it was no fun. no stop it stop it. first I, of all one caveat first of all no no swing a chair ever again first of all neither one of them should swing a bat or a chair ever again those are some of the that was just horrible for both of them and look you shouldn't have a bat anyway in these matches because realistically speaking if you hit somebody in the ribs with a bat one time the match is over all right. Yeah. Um, shouldn't just don't. That's why you use the Kendo sticks because it 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 doesn't. You know, it, it looks like something you can hit somebody with and not kill them. Okay. The that's bat is you, the superplex of foreign objects, folks. Yeah, but I mean, the, and but no, but they did baseball. Bat shot. <laughs> were, I mean, they were, they were tapping each other with the bat. They were tapping each other with <laughs> stickers. I mean, good grief. And. Um, yeah, something. Black. Wait a minute, bats are unbelievable. Sting's got something to say. And you know, and we, and we were all twenty years old, and that was nineteen ninety-seven. <laughs> all right. Speak um, for yourself, man. I was twelve. Okay, and and, and okay, and then I'm sorry. The little girl has got to stop trying to do moves she can't do. She she couldn't she she couldn't lift Ronda off the mat to try to power bomb. Ronda had to push off the table. Okay, she couldn't lift. I mean, don't do that. You can't do it. 
You're not. You can't do it. Don't do it. You can't do. Okay. And I'm sorry. Look, no. See, I've been I've been sitting on this for a while. I've been trying to be nice. I've been trying to. He's been holding on to this for four days. No, for longer than four days. I've been trying to be. I've been trying to be nice. Okay. Okay. I have been. But I'm not gonna be nice anymore. Okay. I'm gonna get all out tonight. Okay. Because for the past three months. We've heard, oh, she works so hard. Oh, she's gotten so much better. Oh, she's a really nice person. So she should beat everybody. She should be champ for the next six months because she's worked so hard. No. <laughs> I love the I love the pause before the no. Okay. <laughs> That's <was> great delivery. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, for any of you who might get mad at me, I'm not saying that she sucks. She does not suck. Okay. But I can rattle off a dozen names of women on that roster who I would take, who I would put in that position before I ever put her in there again. Okay. And if you want to sit at the grown-up's table, then you got to be able to be a grown-up at the table. You got to be able to perform at that. There's a level which you are supposed to perform if you're going to be in those matches and, and holding those titles. Okay. She is not there. And I need y'all to stop pretending like she is. Cause that's what's irritating me. The whole lot of y'all out there pretending are telling yourselves that she's there. And if, and if anybody doesn't like it, they're a hater. Okay. She is not there. Let me tell you, let me run off the names of the women who have held that title. Okay. The, the whole, all the horse women have held that title. She is not them. She is not them on their worst day, any of them. Okay. She is not Oscar on Oscar's worst day. She's okay. She is not Bianca. She is not, she is not Alexa Bliss for that matter. Okay. Wow. She is not. Okay. Wow. Couldn't lace, couldn't lace Naomi's boots. No, she could not. That is, that is, that is the absolute truth. Okay. And I'm sick and tired of these people gassing her up like she's there already and she ain't. Okay. And I'm tired of it. Okay. Look, is she, yeah, is she better in, is in 2022? Is she better than she was in 2019? Yes. She's a lot better. Okay. But guess what? There's still a dozen women on that roster who are better than her. Okay. And there are. And you tell me, I want you tell me one big match that's gone on since the brand split that you would have swapped her in for one of the people who was in it. Not a one. Okay. 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 When your best match, her, her best match was against Shayna Baszler at the castle. Okay. If that is the high water mark for you, then no, you are not it. Okay. You are not. And okay. And before you say, well, Ronda's not a good worker either. Ronda Rousey is the biggest star on the women's side of that company. So she gets a pass. For not being a great worker. All right. So, no, I'm sorry. Okay. No. And it just, no. Okay. N no more, no more kid gloves. You don't get, you don't get to sit at the grown up table and get handled with kid gloves, which is what a lot of y'all have been trying to do here. They've been trying to have it both ways. All right. Calling us out, DJ. Well, he is. He, I, I'm, and I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of it, man. 
I mean, no, I'm, okay, and I'm I'm getting it all out tonight because I'm tired of it, and I'm not looking. Okay, and look, she is what she is. She's better than she used to be. There are a bunch of people, but look, they brought in four people since August first. Okay, Bailey came back, and then all three members of Damage Control, and then well, Bailey is one Damage, but but damn, all three members of Damage Control and Candace LeRae, they literally brought in four women within a month's time. We're better than her. Okay. You got four women who have yet to come back who are better than her. Okay. Charlotte, Sasha, Becky, and Naomi are, are all better than her. Okay. Rhea Ripley is better than her. Alexa Bliss is better than her. Oscar's better than her. Okay. There's no reason you would put another title on her before you put one back on any of them. Okay. Just no, no. Okay, no. All right. Cool. I, you damn right I am. Okay. Wow. You know, wow. Uh, no, 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 you know why? Do you know do you know why you know why I'm getting this way? Do you know why I'm getting this way? Why? Because some of y'all out there <laughs> when number fourteen happens, you're gonna come out guns blazing. Oh, I knew right? it was I knew I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Right. Some this of y'all out there. Some of y'all out there. He's he right. went on a 10-minute burial of Liv Morgan to tell everybody he misses the queen. Well, just to put up for number two. <laughs> but, that, that okay. but no, and you know, but it's not just that, okay? There are other women, okay? Dewdrop is better than her in the ring, all right? Dewdrop got buried all year, okay? So I'm going to hear about, you know, oh, well, she, she works so hard. She deserves it. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Okay, wow. stop. Robbie, uh, shoot national nightmare is over. One <laughs> national nightmare. My God, wow. he's not just Jesus. Rob isn't just burying Liv Morgan. He just carved out the headstone as well. My God. Okay. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was just gonna throw a party that you know Ronda being champ clears the way for the the return of the queen. But no, it's worse. It, it's so much worse. <laughs> look, oh look, my look. God. Okay. This turned into a whole monologue. Look, okay. Yeah. I mean, look. Do we even have time for the rest of Extreme Rules? What are we, what are we doing I mean, here? Okay. I'm sorry. Look, I, look, I've been sitting on that because I've been trying to be nice. I've been trying to be polite. And I, I don't, look, I don't, contrary to what everything I just said there, I don't dislike her. Okay. But I, I just, I have issue with the idea that, that now she belongs in that space and she ain't it. And you know what? And look, we don't spare anybody else. We don't. We don't spare Braun Strowman. No, we don't. We do not spare that man. Okay, we don't spare. There, there are a lot of people we don't. Okay, we don't no. spare. Okay, we haven't spared Drew. We, we don't spare Karrion Cross. Okay, we don't, spare, we don't spare Drew McIntyre. We don't. Okay, uh, we don't. All right. If, well, if, if there's anybody else where we just think that that dude ain't it or that woman ain't it, we say so. Now, right. go back and listen to this podcast, particularly this podcaster's long history with one Cody Rhodes, and you'll yes. see that we are human human beings with real opinions. Yeah. Yes. So, you know what? And look, and I'm not, you know, it just. And look, I, mean, I got I got really irritated when they had her beat Shayna. I got super pissed off about that. Yeah, I think that's going somewhere, though, man. I think there's things. 
I think there's things coming for Shayna Baszler. I know you thought well, that, um, I mean, you know. <laughs> so I mean, there have been things coming for Shayna Baszler for, since, what, WrestleMania 36? Yeah, but Papa H is in charge now, and that's one of his girls, Rob. Well, yeah, and the, and the, and the first thing you did had her take a loss. All right. Ah. Um, Let it play out, Rob. What do we say? Just watch the show. <laughs> Anyhow, all right. <laughs> Anyhow, why don't we, since we just talked about him, let's transition into a match where I think we've all got thoughts. Carrying Cross and Drew McIntyre strap match. This was one that I was really looking forward to because I was hoping, as we've talked at great, great length about Carrying Cross, um, and, and not been particularly flattering of Carrying Cross. Uh, this was one I was hopeful where he was really going to show up and show out. And this one fell flat for me, man. I, and we talked about that in the Discord chat. I had reasons. Uh, if you're going to do a strap match, you got to commit to it. And I don't feel like these guys really committed to that part of the gimmick. Like they used the strap to tug each other around, pull each other into the, you know, into the ring posts and things like that. And there were little things that they used. But I thought that, what was it, uh, Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes had a much better strap match a year ago in NXT. It was it was nice. It was brutal. It was violent. It was five minutes too long. <laughs> and it also, um, it also, it was five minutes too long. And the part where... Uh, Carrion surprised Drew that oh hey you're still on the string and I, and he tugs him into the the um the ring post like half a dozen times and particularly brutally that should have just played right into the finish because yeah. I felt like they kind of everything after that was extra for the sake of being extra um yeah it's if I have felt the same way I've like felt like there was a lot of potential here. It kind of fell flat, not as flat as it did for apparently you two, but I'm also just kind of trying to push the good ship lollipop along with uh, carrying cross because the more Mortal Kombat characters we have in wrestling, the better wrestling we have. Oh, I, I'm don't don't get me wrong. I'm still hopeful for carrying cross, and as a presentation, I like carrying cross very much. Like I look at the guy, and he's got the look, he's got the the presence. You know, he's legitimately a badass. So. You know, there's yeah. all that. There's just something, man, something's not clicking with me with him. And maybe it's me, because I know there's a lot of people on the timeline that I interact with that think carrying Cross hung the fucking moon. And while I think he's he's a fine physical specimen, I don't see the rest of that. Well, well since I'm since I'm burying people tonight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. There we go. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, let's keep the party going. All right. Um, I've I've tried to give him a chance. I have because I thought it was really unfair when Vince had him coming out there looking like the gimp. All right. <laughs> that I mean that completely screwed any chance he had of being taken seriously. Um. So when he came back, even though look when he first showed up, I was like, really. But I, you know, I said, okay, no, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to give him a chance. He's getting do all his full gimmick, his full persona. We're going to give it a chance here. We're going to be open minded about it. And um, yeah, 
All right, so he looks the part. He does. But he's another one of those guys where the stuff he does doesn't look like it hurts. And which is ridiculous because, I mean, he looks like he could rip all our heads off. Yeah, and he probably legitimately could. Yeah, I mean, he's like a legit shooter type of dude. He could yeah. kill, kill all three of us with bare hands. All right, but when he gets in there and he does stuff, it it just doesn't look that meant you know effective. And I mean, I've seen him some of his matches in other places, and it's the same thing. And it's just like, okay. And you think some of that maybe from him trying to retrain himself, like, okay, this is wrestling. I can't legit knock somebody's block off. So you maybe pull your punches a little too much. Do you think maybe um, some of that? Uh, he's been, yeah, I mean, he's been doing it too long for that, though, right? Yeah, true. That's I the mean, only thing. Yeah, that um, can stick with you. So I mean, it's just and like you like you were saying, you gotta if you're gonna do the strap match, you gotta commit to it. You gotta you gotta lay that stuff in, and you gotta be willing to take them and get the welts all over your back. Otherwise, don't do the match. Um, yeah, and then. That Again, spot just, at the end, man, where they were just whipping each other in the shoulder. It, it just, you no, you can't. It, it looked awful. Like, I don't know who called no. that spot. And, and both of those guys are better than that. Yeah. And you can't, you can't do that. Um, I'm saying the post, the post spot should have been the finish. You slam him yeah. into the post a couple of times because Drew sold it to the moon. They both <clears> did, but Drew, yeah. Drew particularly sold it. And then just roll him in and do something. Uh, yeah. And, just, uh, yeah. And then, I mean, and then he, you know, he did the bull hammer that Wade Barrett used to do, except his looked like shit. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah, just, I mean. Just um, put him in the cross jacket and have him pass out. Like, that, yeah, do that instead. Or, I mean, or I, I thought the whole point of doing the strap matches was so you didn't have to pin him. Because, I mean, in the old school strap yeah. matches, you went around to all four corners of the ring. They said that at the beginning of the match, though, that wasn't how because they, they did address that. They did say that in this match, it's either pinfall or submission. You don't have to go around and touch the four corners. Which, yeah. to me, I thought the whole point of doing the strap match was so he could beat Drew without pinning him. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, but, I mean, so did, I mean, <clears throat> and yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, the stipulation change on that was weird. Yeah, and I, I think it made for an awkward match. Yeah, and then... It was also look, probably just because it was on Extreme Rules. If this was a, like, B pay-per-view, it would have been just a normal match. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think they'd have been better served just having a regular match, and then Scarlet interferes, and, you know, there you go. Um, right. Um, and um, just after this... Lacrosse was in there with, you know, maybe the, you know their best guy to kind of test you after Roman, you know, uh, or one of their best guys to test somebody against. He was in there with that. He was in and Drew was that guy. I mean, if you want to if you want to test somebody and see if they're main event caliber, you put them in there with Drew or Sheamus, right? Yeah. Um, and I think he didn't pass. So. Yeah, I think you can say the same thing about Karrion Cross that you just said about Liv Morgan. You know, when you look at the people who have wrestled Roman, who have been in that that air, does Cross breathe that same air? And I don't think he does. I don't think he's on a level with 
a Seth Rollins or a Drew McIntyre or at this point even a Gunther. Right. And so look, I mean, the roster is getting more and more crowded. So you know, yeah. if you're not I mean, we're we're <clears throat> not at the point now where you take a flyer on somebody and give them a chance holding a belt or something anymore. We're we're past that now. Um Yeah. So and look, I'm not. I'm look. Again, I'm not saying release the man next week, but I think it, it's time to be honest and it's time to be, you know, real about what he's likely to be. And yeah, I mean, he's you know mid card heel, right? Maybe maybe intercontinental champion, you know, that and that's it. Yeah, man, I I don't see him having. Like, I I've looked at his 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 matches in the WWE and I can't think of one memorable one. Like he had a decent match with Keith. He had a decent match with, um, Tommaso Ciampa. If you're supposed to be this mythical thing and you can't have a great match with either one of those two guys, there's an issue. Yeah. Again, it's the issue of look, if that's your high watermark, if your high watermark is a good match, then you're not that guy. You're not that girl. Right. And, and there's a lot of guys that will smoke him in, in that category. Bobby Lashley, you know? Right. So anyway, like I said, that one, that one match was one I was looking forward to that just didn't, it, it didn't hit for me. I'm not saying I hated it. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it well sure. enough, but it, it just, it didn't live up to, to what I was hoping for. So, Couple more little high spots here. Um, I'm just going to briefly go through the uh, the Edge and Finn Balor match. I thought all in all it was a hell of a good fight. For me, it really got interesting in the last five minutes when Judgment Day got involved, and the last three to five minutes of that was freaking cinema. Like that was so good, just with everybody getting involved. Beth Phoenix coming out. The 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 whole and and we predicted kind of on the show last week where we thought we were thought it was going to go one of two ways. Rob thought it was either going to be they were going to hold up Beth and he was going to say, I quit. AJ Belaz was on here from the DWI podcast. He thought they might actually do it with Ray. And at one point in the match, it could have gone either way because Ray came out and then Beth got involved. And I rewatched it again because they, they played the clip on Monday night. And again, it just get, it gets you in the feels, man. The, the last five minutes of that match. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. I thought that was going to, I mean, we all kind of saw that as a plausible way to get out of this. You know, Edge is the Hall of Famer. You know, he shouldn't say I quit lightly, but, right. you know, put his wife in some sort of peril. Sure. And I was, and I was of the opinion that, like, this was, like, pretty much make or break time for Judgment Day, but certainly for Finn Balor as it pertains to Judgment Day. And I was like, it's, you know, kind of put up or shut up time it's or you know make or break i didn't think they would write the entire ship on one night but with the way they did that finish and then actually giving beth the concerto anyway yeah holy moses they just breathed a whole new life into that thing and they're like no no we actually are a threat guys and I think you said it. We were given Triple H's report card, and I think you were the one that we all talked about it, but I think your words were exactly, if he can turn the ship around with Judgment Day, that'll be a big thing for Triple H. And here we are, you know, four days later, we're talking about a much more dangerous Judgment Day 
than we were a week ago on this very podcast. Yep. So, yeah, A++++ for that match, because the match was really good. Yeah. And then, you know, the finish was bonkers. It was chef's kiss. It was awesome. Yep. Rob, what are your thoughts? Are you going to bury this one? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Hey, good job, everybody. We found it took Um, us a while. We found one Rob liked. Well, no, my my only issue is, uh, look, uh, Edge went to the Triple H school of – how long your matches should be. <laughs> this yeah. one, this was like 29 minutes and some change. So I admittedly look, I look, and so I was kind of zoned out until the last 10 minutes. And, but that's what mattered. The 10, I mean, and they did everything just perfect. And, you know, Ray comes out there and then, you know, Rhea gets in with the handcuffs. And then when, when Beth first came over there, you know, I, I you know, I was, I was, you know, I, I thank God that Vince Russo was not in charge because Vince Russo would have had Beth screw Edge or something. It means okay. Um, so she let him out of the handcuffs, and he's Edge is just cleaning up everybody. And then, you know, then the the part where they had, you know, Beth down, and he said, "I quit," and they gave her the concerto. That was just again, that was like you said, that was cinema, and. I mean, that was some that was some stuff to to really make you hate their guts, right? Like, you know, it, this wasn't you know snarky put downs and you know or whatever, right? And you know, we had talked about how just when the past past month they had really turned things around Judgment Day, and they had got them up to this point, and now they needed to do this to not undo everything they'd done in the past month. So they nailed it here. It was outstanding. And look, we all thought, you know, none none of us thought that adding Dominic was actually going to help, right? Um, but you know what? Because well, the, well, the things that make him not a, a not great sports entertainer actually kind of help him here because he's kind of a goober and he's, you know, he's being you know kind of led blindly around by you know Rhea Ripley and he actually does that really well. <laughs> and, I, I tell you what, man. We don't have to get into Monday Night Raw right now, but that stuff with him and Ray on Monday, yeah, was freaking incredible. Yeah, like kudos to Dom, man, because he he leaned all the way into this thing. Yeah, and he did. And so this was just, I mean, that ending with the concerto that looked uh, the way they did that 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 took me back to like Jim Cornette and Baby Doll back in yeah. 1986, where he jammed the tennis racket into her, her <laughs> stomach. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that was some dastardly shit. And this was, you know, bringing me back to that. Um, so they they knocked it out of the park, everyone involved. And I'll say this: this is a good, it, this is a good reward for sticking with this as long as they have. Yeah. For not pulling a plug on it. Look, I, look, us and a bunch of people have been had suggested pulling a plug on this thing several times. Oh, we've been doom and gloom yep. with judgment day for the better part of two months here. Yeah. And so this last month, they really, they really did something and, and not, you know, they, and look, they could have walked it all back Saturday with the wrong ending. Yeah. And, but they didn't and they nailed it. And yep. now like they got some real momentum going here and it's, it's actually interesting to see what they're going to do going forward. Well, let's just hope that after Monday night, they don't screw the whole thing up. And we don't have to talk about that yet, but it was almost like, I don't want to say two steps forward, two steps back, but 
we're we're, yeah. we're we're starting to head into some mud here. I think. I don't know. We'll see. Um, real quick, I'm just going to talk about uh, Bianca and Bailey's ladder match. Uh, last week, Rob talked about how these ladder matches can either be a fight that has a ladder involved, or it can be a stunt fest. This one felt a little bit more like a stunt fest than a fight with a ladder involved. Um, I want to see these girls in a, uh, in a in a one-on-one wrestling match. I'm not going to say I didn't like it. I enjoyed the ladder match with Bianca and Bailey, and you know the right call was made in the finish. But I found myself not enjoying this one as much as I had hoped I was going to. Also, the how about the the finish? The KOD on the, the finish ladder. was incredible. Holy yeah, the finish was the best yes. part of the whole damn match. Yeah, that was like at the end of the and seriously, I enjoyed the stunt show stuff. Yeah, when it's done right and when it's done sparingly, and I felt like this was done right. So like by the end of that, and then you cap it off with that beautiful finish. Yeah, yeah. it's like both these girls in the Hall of Fame. Let's go. Like. Oh, they're both Hall of Fame bound, no doubt about it. Yeah, it was right up my alley though, because I, it, in my opinion, it was just the right amount of stunt. Okay, Rob, what do you think? Um, there, well, okay, there were like there were a couple of things times where I was like, okay, y'all didn't really need to do all that, but for the most part, I think they they did the right amount for me. Um, and the the finish was that last minute or so was just spectacular. Uh, now, my only concern is to me that's something you do in in the blow off match where she KOD'd both of them and then KOD'd Bailey on the ladder. I mean, I mean, that was it was outstanding. That I, was a beautiful visual. Yes, right. and um, but I get again that's for me. My only concern is that that's something that's something that Hogan would have done in the, in the final match against you know King Kong Bundy or whoever. You yeah. Know, Body slams everybody, and then you know, <laughs> and then drops his leg, and then he tosses Bobby Heenan over the top rope. I mean, it was that kind of thing. Um, but also, but look, I was I, I was saying that she Bianca needed this kind of victory though, because um, to me, she needed a big showcase victory on a show that was not WrestleMania or SummerSlam, um, because with those. You know, you have the benefit of those two being the two biggest shows of the year. You have the long build up and you have all these things that kind of culminate in those two big shows. Yeah. And and a lot of a lot of that is just based on momentum and whatnot. Um, this was a showcase victory at a show where you don't have that kind of benefit of kind of momentum pushing you over the finish yeah. line. Uh, to me, she needed a win on one of those type of shows to further cement her place. And so her winning to me, it was a good thing. And and the other thing is she's now the longest reigning black woman champion in WWE history. And she would have, and she needed, she needed to basically to win this match to break that mark. So she was right up against it. And so she won and now you know and to me that that's important because look we talked about how Sasha Banks has had these short title reigns and and I you know I was saying last week at some point they just got to like they just got to book the shit for Bianca and, and push her through yeah you know, 
to not and to not make it about win win at the big show and then lose it a little while later and then win it win at the big show and then lose it a little while later. Yeah, um, that gets formulaic. And and it and it at some point if she you know she is we all think within the next couple of years will be the top woman in the company. You gotta give her one of these long runs. You gotta give her one at least. Yeah. Where it's, it's not four months mm-hmm. or six months where it's you know, somewhere from nine months to a year, you got to give her one. Um, so I think no, no, look, no, barely might win it next month. Uh, don't know, no. but but I think it's good that she got this win here, and because I think it was needed. All right. So let's get like last match that I want to talk about was the uh, the fight pit match, what I which I think is fun. I enjoyed the first one with Riddle and Thatcher. Uh, Seth is my boy. Uh, Riddle's been incredible, and with uh, I'm no, I'm gonna mispronounce his last name. Daniel is it Cormier? Cormier? Cormier. Cormier. Okay, yeah. Daniel Cormier as the special referee. Perfect. The dude was awesome. Like he was an awesome referee. I, I felt like he'd been doing it a while. I don't know whether, you know, they they how long they talked to him, but I I thought he was, I thought he was good in the match. I I, I had fun with it. There were some spots where I was like, hey, uh, DC, you should be counting right now. Or, well, I mean, <laughs> I, hey, DC, it's a fight in a match. It's a, it's a fight uh, in a cage. I'm not going to breathe yeah. too heavy over that shit. No, exactly. And he did fine. He never really gotten in the way. So right. he's a guest referee. What do you want? You know, he, he, he was really there to do the spots where he, you know, threatened both of them. Yeah, got the referee. You know, don't you touch me. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what he's there for. Pop the crowd, yeah. whatever. But Seth and Riddle beat Seth and Riddle beat the crap out of each other, which is what I wanted to see. Couple really, yeah. They used the environment really well in some spots. The stuff on the on the scaffolding was a little, a little hard to watch. Kind of brings you back to <laughs> the old scaffold match days. But yeah. uh, no, it was fun. I had a good time with that with the main event. Yeah, I thought it was incredible. Um, just just the right amount of violence. Uh, yeah. And some of those some of the spots were just really really good. So hats off to those guys because they you know they they put their bodies through some crap uh, for that one. Robbie, got any thoughts on this one? Yes, I do. But first, never to be disappointed. We have some wacky AEW news. Oh! Oh, I said it. I said it in the in the chat. I said if I have no faith in AEW for anything else, I have faith that AEW will do something wacky or someone will do something stupid while we're recording. Rob, breaking news! Please go ahead. Okay, so Sean Spears is apparently on Dynamite tonight huh? and has re- and has returned to the to the ten gimmick. Oh, is that because that one guy was using it as well? I, I don't like, know. I don't yeah, know, they've I, got a guy but, who's. But I see a, look. A, I see a bunch of tweets on my timeline saying, not this again. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. That's, that's enough of that. Okay. okay. Amazing. Moving on. <laughs> okay. That, that's, so, that's your AEW news break-in for the week, everybody. Well, <laughs> since we're talking about surprise returns, <laughs> yeah. why, why don't we talk about the end of uh, end of Extreme Rules? WWE has been teasing yeah. for months uh, the White Rabbit, the White Rabbit. There've been all these little hints and clues, and a lot of. It's actually probably been the worst kept secret in wrestling media as to who it might be. A lot of people speculating that it was Bray Wyatt. It was indeed Bray Wyatt with a. I, I'm sorry, this is the cheesy shit that I enjoy. 
I thought the reveal was awesome. I thought that whole segment at the end of Extreme Rules was it was just good cheesy wrestling cinema. Oh, dude, you know me. I want Mortal Kombat and all my stuff. Right. So, you know, the spooky children's show demon host guy. Yeah, sign me right up. Um, the reveal was absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, note that I, everyone is is uh, putting forward the idea, and I, I su- subscribe to it, that the his debut coming through that blue lit, lit door was a tribute to Mr. Brody Lee because that's how he showed up in AEW, so which is pretty cool. His first promo was in front of a uh, blue door of light, just blue. like that. That's pretty cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's a very very cool homage. So yeah, and if that is indeed what that was, kudos to Triple H WWE creative for letting him do that. Yeah, you know, Rob, any thoughts on that? On that whole oh, segment? Man, well, I thought it, man, I thought it was outstanding. I absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm not the Bray Wyatt hater that some people are. Um, look, I love the promos. I love the vignettes. I love the skits. I love the Firefly Funhouse. I love all of that stuff. And I don't, I don't hate him in as a wrestler the way some people do. It's yeah. just for me with him. Some of y'all got to accept that he he's the guy that loses to the guy. He's not the guy who beats the guy. And, yeah. And you know, yes, he's going to lose the Roman Reigns. Yes, he's going to lose the John Cena if it's a straight up wrestling match, not the you know funhouse match that he and Cena had. Right. Yes. Okay. He's going to lose to those people. He's going to lose to Goldberg. Okay. Those people are going to beat him. Okay. You know, and you and you, you just got to accept that. He's, you know he's what going he's to, also, you, know, you know he's also going to get world titles because he's, he's gotten them before and he's he will bound to get he's bound to get them again once they free up. Um and you know he and, and you know I saw people saying well he shouldn't they, should, they shouldn't have had him lose to the Undertaker well. You weren't going to have the Undertaker lose the very next year after he lost to Brock Lesnar, okay? Sorry. And you certainly weren't going to make him twenty-two and three. No. You know there are All two right. men who can lay claim to pinning the Undertaker at WrestleMania, and, and Bray Wyatt was never going to be one of them. And y'all and y'all just got to accept that, and okay, mm-hmm. and so once you do that, then to me it's it's all fine. And now personally, I mean, I hope he doesn't. You know, get another title because that's where it get, that's where it becomes a problem because, you know, you can't. Well, the problem is somebody has to beat him for it, right? Right. right. There's and no satisfying know. conclusion there. No. And you yeah. know, and especially the, the fiend thing because that got so mm. hot, and then the worst thing they could have done was put the fiend in a, in a world title match or a universal title match because if he doesn't win, everybody would have been pissed. But then, if he does win, eventually somebody has to beat him, and well, you know and that was the thing—that hell in the cell match. He didn't. He won, but he didn't win, and everybody was pissed. And that's where the wheels really started to come off the the train for the fiend. Right, but I—I I mean, I point to Bray Wyatt's first title reign. He's perfectly fine as a as a world champion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I think I think he he. Yes, I agree with you, Rob, because for most of the supernatural gimmick 
that's enough of a gimmick. You don't also need to add the world title into the equation. Um, but I think he's just a big enough character that he'd find himself in the world title's orbit a, a couple of times. Oh, well, I think he will. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't think they should. <laughs> but I think... Yeah, they, nah. right. I just don't think it... I think they should because, you know, naturally... You know, this is wrestling kayfabe. He's drawn to the most powerful thing in wrestling, which is obviously wrestling championships. Read a book. Um, so, yeah, just once in a while. I would not say he needs to live there or anything <clears> like that. But if he wanted to visit Title Town once a once a once a year or so, that wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't bother yeah. me none. He's an interesting discussion because again, this guy. And I'm not even going to argue how good or bad he is in the ring. Because, again, like Rob, there's a lot of people that I follow on the timeline who somehow or another, some reason or another, seem to think that Bray Wyatt is the shits in the ring, and he's not. Um, Bray Wyatt has just enough of an offensive arsenal to be believable in the ring. When the dude hits you, it looks like it hurts. And the character in and of itself is a main event attraction. Like it, don't like it, debate with the wall. That presentation is a main event attraction. And I could very believably, if Roman's off on a hiatus, filming a movie, taking a break, doing whatever, I could very much see on a B or C level pay-per-view a main event with a Bray Wyatt and a Karrion Cross for either the World or the Universal Heavyweight Championship if they split them up at that point. I mean, I, I, I can see a universe where this happens. Oh, totally. I agree. Um, I think I think it's just very you just kind of can't put yourself in a corner like you did with the fiend, where he's invincible and things right. like that. So you now have you to, have to find some stupid way to actually beat him or get out of right. not beating him without losing. Exactly. So just make him a straight up wrestler. He it didn't it didn't hurt the supernatural gimmick at all when he was just swamp guy Bray Wyatt. So you don't need to make him invincible. And I will say that Bray Wyatt plays up to the level of his dance partner very, very, very well. He does. Bray Wyatt elevates his game. He had he went to war with Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, and I will say he elevates people who aren't as good as he is. He went to war with Braun Strowman. And if yep. we're comparing apples to oranges... From a work standpoint, and this is not a knock on Braun Strowman, I like Braun Strowman, and I think what he does is incredible. When we're looking at it from a work rate standpoint, personally, I don't think Braun laces Bray's boots. Sure. And maybe that's a controversial statement, but he damn sure elevated Braun because he'll take Braun's heaviest hits. Braun can go out there and beat on him, and Bray right. can take it. And, and he'll sell it, too. Right, he'll sell the hell out of it. So, yeah, they're great dance partners. And, again, that's that's Bray not only elevating himself to somebody's level, but bringing somebody up to his level. Yep. So, yeah, so, look, I'm, I think it ultimately it all depends on, like, what corners he goes into storyline-wise. And just, you know, don't don't book yourself into a corner you can't get out of, you know, which is what happened with him and Seth Rollins. Just don't do that. And then if you, if you don't do that and then, you know, again, it, I mean, if we're realistic about, you know, who he should win, who he, who he should beat and who he should lose to, then I think, yeah, it'll be fine. 
There you go. Oh, I had oh. myself muted there. Oh, okay. Um, no. Oh, and actually, um, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything about the fight bit. <laughs> oh, oh, no, you did. We, so, we totally left you out about that. I'm sorry. Well, look, ahead, look, 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 I sucked up all the oxygen for, you know, earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, no, but, um, oh, but yeah, you want to crap on the fight bit match, too? No, no, no. Actually, no. <laughs> no. No. I, look, I co-signed everything, guys. So the, the only thing for me was I thought the ending was kind of abrupt. And I thought that maybe that somebody had gotten hurt because that landing on the floating bro was just brutal. Yeah. Uh, so I thought maybe somebody had gotten hurt and they just had to go. And then, but then, you know, but then after thinking about it some more, it's like, well, no, they did have to go. They had to go to Bray. So yeah. They probably, so they probably did have to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, I watched it a second time because they played the slow-mo of Riddle hitting it. Riddle hit it. It looked like he probably could have cracked his tailbone going down. But the way he landed, he he landed perfectly. Oh, okay. Yeah, he lo- it looked good when I looked at it a second time around. Okay, because the first time it looked like a Jeff Hardy swan. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the floating bro, that dude. <laughs> All right, so we got a few minutes here. Why don't we talk about a little bit of Monday Night Raw? Absolutely incredible. I finished the episode up last night. I because I usually watch it on Hulu. Some great stuff with the Bloodline. Uh, incredible stuff moving the story with Sami Zayn and Jey Uso forward. Um, I'm, I'm still expecting a swerve at the end of this. I think Sami is going to get his ass absolutely handed to him by the bloodline at some point. But it's been fun to watch. Um, let's talk returns. I, I, I know we probably have some thoughts about Monday night and the return of the Good Brothers. Um, had a great segment with Ray and Dominic where you know, Ray... Dominic finally just it snaps on his dad. He's telling him to hit him, telling him to hit him. It's great stuff. They segue out of that into a promo from, you know, the Judgment Day. They call out AJ Styles. AJ teases that he's going to join them. Brings out Gallows and Anderson. And, uh, you know, which, again, that came up, like, late in the day that it was potential that they could be there. Um, this is interesting because I think it was Anders, Carl Anderson flat out said they were never, ever, ever going back to WWE. I think history has proven otherwise. As we all say, at the end of the day, everyone bends the knee. Um, I, I don't know. It's, I'm a little worried for Judgment Day here because obviously you're not going to bring Gallows and Anderson in to just lose. Like, you're not going to do that. So I'm a little concerned. Like I said, I don't want to say two steps forward, two steps back with Judgment Day. I'm looking forward to the feud because I think it's going to be great. Because, you know, whether you like Gallows and Anderson or not, the guys can go. So, you know, Rob, what are your thoughts here? Look, I'm not down on it. Like, because, look, the biggest concern with Gallows and Anderson is, you know, they can mail it in sometimes. and (laughs) Yeah, but when they're on, they're on. Right, and and that's it. And it's you know when they were there last time, they, they were they were mailing it in towards the end. They did, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then okay, but here, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And look, look, the, the crowd went up for it. Yeah. And I'm looking at it now, and right now that is the. It's got almost one and a half million views. In 48 hours, that's really good. Yeah. And second only to, to what we'll get to in, the, in a few minutes here. But so the crowd went up for it because, look, for 
again, for the normie wrestling fans, those are AJ's boys. All right. So if you if you like AJ, if AJ's one of your guys, those are his boys. And they came to save him from the judgment day. So of course, so that's good. If you're if you're a normal, you know, if you're somebody who just watches the show, that's a good thing. <laughs> his boys came back to save him from the guys who just took out Beth Phoenix and who've taken out Edge a bunch of times and who've beaten up Rey Mysterio in all night. Okay. So you know, if you're not into all the in, into the weeds of all the IWC and all that, you don't have any issue with those guys. And it was again, it was good to see them come back and rescue their boy. You know, the cavalry came in. Yeah. To, you know, and and look, and look, they're gonna have a bunch of six man matches, okay? And and that's fine. They can have look, they can have some wonderful six man tag team matches on house shows, and AJ can pin Dominic. And it's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Everybody's it really okay. is. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> Look, they're not going to have, you know, they're, you know, they're not going to have Gallows and Anderson do the magic killer on Damian Priest in the middle of the ring. Okay. <laughs> they're not going to do that. Okay. As long they as you're might. not doing that, it's fine. <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, you know. One thing I got to throw in there, and this was something that I was pleasantly surprised with on Monday night. I have never thought of Finn Balor as a promo guy. Finn Balor cut a hell of a promo on Monday night. Like, he's finally showing some personality outside of The Fiend. And I think that's been a long been an argument of people about Finn Balor for so long. He's like, okay, the guy's incredible in the ring. Or not The Fiend, but The Demon. And The Demon is cool as shit. But beyond that, I was never really thought of Finn as a promo guy. He cut a hell of a promo on Monday, man. Oh, he did. I've always liked his, like, you know, heroic promos that he's cut on the main roster and stuff. So it is corny, but it works for me. But at the same time, yeah, that him showing this new extra fire is uh, is pretty awesome. It's just what he needed. And that the, yeah. the match with Edge on Saturday night was the Finn Balor <clears throat> that I've been wanting to see minus the demon. Yeah, because like we needed to see that, because because even when he went back to NXT and he was kind of a kind of a quasi heel, but not all the way, you know, um, like yeah, he, he needed to do something to convince us that he could actually be like a, a an actual bad guy, and so I think Monday went a long way towards that. The last few weeks have done wonders for him there, and look, out of all the Look, they were getting the most views out of all the feuds going into the pay-per-view. Um, they, they were getting the most. So they were the hottest thing going in there. And so I think Monday continued that. And again, because again, to the normie, the normie wrestling fans, that it was it, that was a great set piece there. You know, and because, you know, Dominic got all that heat on Ray. And, and then, you know, so... I think it was just excellent work they got going there. And it does make me wonder because we know they're going to be, well, Hunter said they're going to be, there's going to be a men's and women's war games match. I mean, you could, you could do a third match with these guys. There's enough people there to do it. And, and this is hot enough. This is a hot enough thing going where, 
why not? I mean, I'm telling you, they've got factions up the wazoo. We got Survivor Series around the corner. I feel like I don't know some sort of World War Three type deal is gonna get gonna happen. This, yeah. It, there's so much good stuff going on on WWE programming right now. There is. It really lot, is and, and I even I said on Twitter that I, I would have never said this before, but now, I mean, as goofy as six-man tag team titles are, like, they have enough groups now to actually make that type of thing work. Yeah. They could, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, look, you got, I mean, you got three guys in Judgment Day. Oh, no, no, it would really be fun in Judgment Day if they did Freebird rule with the four of them and, and Rhea tagged in there with them sometimes. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be incredible. Yeah. Um, but so you got them, you got, you know, you got AJ Gallows and Anderson, you got the, you know, Legato Del Fantasma, you got the Brutes, you got Imperium, um, you can, you got any three guys out of the bloodline. Um, you got, you got the Usos and Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, and knock on the wood, he gets back next year. You'll have New Day again. Uh, yep. So there are plenty of groups that are doing this kind of thing yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. And especially look at and then because we don't because we don't know how long Jimmy and Jay are going to be unified tag team champions. So, I mean, that's another you know that that would definitely help. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, but I, look, I love that segment all around. I thought it was I thought it was great. It was. It was incredible. Again, it was great cinematic wrestling TV. So, so with returns and surprises, I do want to give honorable mention to one Sonya Deville showing up on NXT last night, which seemed kind of random. Also seemed kind of random that she helped Toxic Attraction. And it didn't quite make sense to me. But then I, I remember, I think... Didn't Mandy Rose just have someone in her family pass away or something like that? Uh, her brother did. Yeah, her brother so, passed away. Yeah, so there so. was some thoughts that maybe she's taking some time away to spend with family. And Sonya Deville is coming in to kind of kind of hold the line there for her. But that opens up a whole storyline if and when Mandy comes back. Yeah, well, because uh, uh, well, Sonya, they had a promo thing with her and Toxic Attraction. And she just she said, look, me and Mandy, you know, me and Mandy had our differences, but we're still best friends. So basically... Right. It's just the old, hey, you know, yeah, we we were mad at each other for a bit, but you know, you know, we're, we're past it's it right, now. It's wrestling, brother. Yeah, their match was a was an underappreciated little thing that flew below because they had what that no holds barred match, right? Yeah, and they had to go in there because under the cloud of that dude, you know, breaking into her house. And, yes, you know, yes, Sonya had that horrible, just horrifying personal thing that happened to her with the guy, you know, stalking her, and then they went out and had, and like I said, it. It's not a great match, let me preface that, but it was better. It was a hell of a lot better than it had any right to be. Yeah. And so now next week, um, and, and uh, the way Sonya attacked the album Fire was, I mean, it was. That was great. Yeah. I mean, did she pulled off, she unzipped the sweatsuit and she's got the suit on underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I love it awesome. when they when they live the gimmick, man, and and she <laughs> she rocks those suits anyway. Yeah, right. And for her to be sit there with a hoodie and then come on, she's got a, a business suit on and just yeah, mwah, now, just on, now she, perfection. Now she's not you know the boss. Now she's just John Wick, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so next week she's going to wrestle Alba Fire, and you know, and look, that's going to be good for her because. She doesn't get to go that long when she's on television because 
they always get, they get her out of there in two or three minutes every time. Yeah. And and look, I mean, she's she's not great or anything. And look, they do that for a reason, obviously. But you know, since it's going to be on NXT on the developmental thing next week, hopefully, you know, they should get seven or eight minutes. And yeah, it'll be nice to see her actually get to work. You know, an actual match, and not just go out there and get you know beat up for two minutes. You know, uh, right. Play play whipping girl to Raquel Gonzalez or, or Ronda, you know, or you know what have you. I mean, so right. With <coughs> Morgan. Yeah. 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 So. so it's you know more of this integrating the veterans with the you know um, NXT is I think is a good thing. I think especially the people whose TV time is you know dicey as it is. Yeah. Right. All right, so before we wrap things up here, Rob, you had a couple more numbers, things you wanted to talk? Uh, okay, so, um, yeah, now, let's see. What, okay, so from last, well, from Monday, all right, so I said the, um, you know, the Gallows and Anderson thing is almost at a million and a half views, and, you know, Brock, the Brock Lesnar scene, that's the, you know, what came in first. But uh, the biggest thing, I'm referring back to Judgment Day, because um, just, you know, I just kind of looked at all the different feuds going into the pay-per-view to see what was doing what. And they were out in front. And so to me, you know, it's saying that this is, I mean, it's taking time, but it's started to catch on. And not just the segments with Edge, because I've said before that. Well, now look, the stuff with Edge always con- continues to do a lot more than the stuff without him. Yeah. But now some of the stuff they did without him even got some decent, you know, numbers here as far as views and whatnot. So it's um it's it's good to see them <laughs> stick to something and give it give it a chance to get better because. You know, you got look. Everyone involved is is well, most of Dominic, of course, but everyone else involved is really good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and it's and I'm glad they stuck with it because even even as we were calling for them to pull the plug on it, and now we we are definitely going to get the the Beth Phoenix Rhea Ripley match at some point here. Yeah. I think we were all hoping for, so we're we're going to get that. And uh, the other thing is that they had a, you know, I know, you know, ratings talk is silly and stupid and all of that, but um, this past Monday, you can't ignore that, you know, as they were up against Monday Night Football, which always takes, you know, you know, it's a hurting on them. They had a, they did about, they did a number that was on par with some of the numbers they got during the summer. Yeah. At like one point, almost one point nine for hours sure. one and two, and then yeah. like one point seven for hour number three, and for hour number three, which is incredible for them. I mean, that's great. One point seven in hour number three against Monday Night Football is a damn good number. Yeah, uh, and because normally you you don't get there, so that's to be commended. Um, they're doing good things here, and <clears throat> oh, yeah. uh, the the. The other thing is that the DX reunion, I thought they handled that perfectly because, look, in years past, they would have had some big, you know, 20-minute, you know, circle jerk segment or whatever. And this week, you know, they had a little thing at the beginning that was really funny, I thought. 
And oh, then, it's hilarious. Yeah. And the, the whole thing with the, the cocks and then the rubber chicken. <laughs> you know. So and, and then and then look at the end, you know, they, they did a few minutes, but they they seem to be pretty self aware that hey, we're older now. You know, we're not gonna come out here and you know, bury somebody in the segment to get ourselves over. They just they came out and said, you know, they thank you guys for riding with us all this time. Um and I thought that was really well done. Somebody posted something uh, today. How funny is it that anti-authority DX is now in charge of WWE? <laughs> I oh, thought yeah. that was absolutely incredible. Yeah. <laughs> and, and kudos to Triple H for an awesome four, five, five, five days. You know, Triple H, Sean, everybody in control of all that. Congratulations and thank you for an awesome five days of WWE programming. And I got to say that the whole thing was started off by Triple H coming out on SmackDown on Friday night to uh, bow down to the king. Yeah, I thought that was absolutely yeah. incredible. Instead of coming down to the game, it was bow down to the king. I thought that was absolutely appropriate. Had a lot of fun and definitely, you know, as we head into the what is typically considered the doldrum months, for WWE minus Survivor Series, we got a lot to look forward to from now until the Rumble, man. Yeah, uh, and, and that's the fun. thing. Uh, we do. I'm sorry, Jason. I know I did it again. I could grief. No, that's all right. I was just going to say it's going to be fun because um, usually the doldrum period is like, okay, we can pretty much chart how this is going to go. This guy's going to challenge for this belt and probably lose. This guy's going to challenge for this belt and probably win. And we're going to do that feud three times through the new year. Right yeah. now, it's like, okay, well, damn. There's a lot of, and I, I'm almost hesitant to use this word, but I think we're just about there. It's becoming must-see TV again. Like, like for the longest time, it's like, okay, we're definitely paying attention to the Roman Reigns stuff, but there's a lot of little stuff, little parts and pieces that you got to pay attention to. The stuff that they're doing with Dexter Loomis and The Miz is incredible. And you want to see what's going to happen next. There's a whole lot of things that you've got to watch. And that's been, that's fun, man. It is. It is. All right. Well, how about we take it home there? We'll go back around the room here and say goodnight to my co-host first, Bucky's tag team partner, uh, a man who has, uh, he's sitting in a cloud right now. That's all I can tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the view, the view is great up here. <clears throat> and you look good up there, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> Jason, sir, thank you for another awesome show. It's always a pleasure, my friends. Enjoy your day off tomorrow, Bubba. Thank you. And a man who never takes a day off, as far as I'm concerned, from the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, awesome night tonight, man. I had a lot of fun. Well, thank you, and I promise next week I will, I will not break out the shovel next week, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Leave the shovel in, in the garage, sir. No, no shovels next week. And as always, I am your host, DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, a part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we're out of here. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.